What up? I hope your day is going well. And this is the first episode of the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. We did have an introductory episode, but this is the first one that we're going to be getting in to the Big Ten and breaking things down for you. On today's episode, we will be going through the Big Ten West, the west side of the conference, from Wisconsin all the way down to Illinois. We can't forget Iowa. We can't forget Purdue, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota. In today's podcast, right, in each individual team, we will be breaking it down two players that you should be watching on both the offensive and the defensive side, right? People that will be dynamic playmakers, players that you will most likely be seeing lacing up their cleats on Sundays in a year, two years. These guys are some of the most dynamic playmakers that we have. I'm excited to watch it on that side. We will also be diving into individual coaching, individual matchups, the schedule. What is it going to be looking like? Uh, I know that a lot of fans are wanting to know where I have them ranked, what my preseason predictions are. So we'll be going through some of that and so much more. I hope you guys like it. We will be starting off with the Illinois Fighting Illini next. Here we go with our first team. Excited to be jumping in and talking about the Illinois Fighting Illini as explained in the introduction. We're going to be going through all of these teams. We're going to start off with Illinois. Now you might be thinking to yourself, why are you going to start off with Illinois? Well, I want to start off with them because I think this is a team that will be flying under the radar for most of the season. Similar to last season. Last season they posted a... uh, uh, Record of 5-7. and seven. Head coach Brett Bielema is in his second year uh, at the helm of the Fighting Illini, uh, Fighting Illini after Coach Levy Smith was let go uh, back in 2020. Excited to see where this team is going to go. I think this team is trending on an upward traje- trajectory. And I think that the biggest thing for the Fighting Illini this year is to get back to a bowl game. I think that is the, the main focus, the main goal. They have not been to a bowl game since 2019 which was the Red Box Bowl. They haven't been to -to back-to-back bowl games since the 2010 uh, season, and then the second year would be 2011. Even when they were good back in 2007, they did not make it uh, the following year in 2008 to a bowl game. So really, I think consistency is going to be a big key that Bielema is really looking forward to. Uh, Looking at their schedule, when you look at it, their first four games are all very winnable. You've got Wyoming at Indiana, home against Virginia, a bye, then Chattanooga. I think they're going to take care of Chattanooga and Wyoming. Uh, But I think a lot of telltale signs will be that first game on the road at at Indiana. It's going to be tough. It's going to be going into a different environment, your first Big Ten game of the year. And Indiana definitely will not have the year that they had the year before. Uh, I think that uh, 2-10 for Indiana was crazy. That's, That's what they posted last year. So they're definitely going to be better. I think it's going to be a huge stepping stone for this program is if they can win those games, if they can beat the mid to lower tier, they're going to be able to be in pretty good shape. I think that they fare very well against Virginia, especially having them uh, back in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, and then when you look at the rest of the schedule, if they really are 4-0 and after that week 5 game against Chattanooga, you're, you're starting to look and ask yourself, can they pick up one or two wins? They were able to last year. They beat Penn State nine overtimes uh, in, in half Happy Valley 20 to 18, and they were even able to upset uh, Minnesota 14 to 6. Now they do pull Northwestern, right? Rivalry there. Uh, they have Nebraska, they have Purdue, they have uh, Minnesota again. So it's very 
possible that they get to that six win mark. I do have these guys falling just short at the five and seven, but it's really hard to nail down what exactly uh, this team is. Like I said, I want to see them what they're doing on that second week. Uh, that game, that game against uh, Indiana, it's a standalone game, uh, pretty much. I mean, it's a Friday night before the big Saturday slew, so I think uh, a lot of people should be tuning into that. A couple people that I want to highlight going forward that you should be watching for. Uh, running back Chase Brown, he's a junior. He wears number two. He's kind of uh, a tandem back there with the other running back, Josh McRae. Uh, where the Big Ten is prided itself is on rushing the football. Uh Chase Brown had over a thousand yards rushing last season. Definitely one to keep an eye on. And then another one on the defensive side is Tariq Barnes. He's a middle linebacker. Um, Top 10 returning tackler had posted 80 tackles last year, about 6.7 per game. So he's flying all over the field, and that middle linebacker position on this side of the conference is very, very important. A lot of people like the flashy quarterbacks or the hog mollies in the trenches. I want to talk about the middle linebacker because he's really going to be the vocal leader on that side. I think that he has a chance to be first team all Big Ten uh, if this team really gets going. Uh, you're looking at the strength of schedule. They're sitting around 31st uh, in the entire nation, so it's definitely doable. Again, I think the biggest thing for Illinois is getting back, being consistent, and having the consistency, uh, and, and that's what they've been lacking. And I think when you look around the Big Ten West, I think that they are more than capable of doing it. Uh, with a couple teams being down, they can kind of sneak in there. And uh, their crossover games, you know, Michigan State uh, and Michigan, those are tough polls, but uh, play them tough, and, and you got to kind of let the chips fall where they may. Uh, I do think that the biggest game, uh, if I'm an Illinois fan outside of the Indiana game of where you're at, is that game against uh, October 29th on the road in Lincoln, Nebraska. You're coming off of a bye. Uh, see how Bielema does. He how how he can come off of a bye. He's 1-1 one one here, 13-11 and 11 overall, so it's pretty, you know, mid, pretty average, right about that 50, uh, 500 mark. So uh, if you're able to get that win against Nebraska, then you're really only looking for one other win. Can you beat Northwestern? Can you beat Purdue? Can you do these things? I think the Fighting Illini can. I want to give them a chance. I have them going 5-7, and seven, though, and uh, hoping that they are able to prove me wrong and get back to a bowl game. Moving on to the next team is the Northwestern Wildcats. Now, just like Illinois, I feel like this team is trending in a good direction. Every time that there is a slump, just like last year, Northwestern bounces back with a very successful year. Uh, 2014, 5-7-10-3. You look at 2019, 3-9-7-2-2020. This is a team that is very consistent. They don't stay down for long. I'm sure that the West was happy that Northwestern only posted a 3-9 and nine, uh, record last year, but I think they're going to be a lot better this year. They have a plethora of starters coming back on the offensive side, uh, nine to be exact, and one of my favorite offensive linemen to watch play in is on this team. The O-lineman, uh, Peter Skarnowski, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he is a sophomore. He wears number 77, and I am very excited to watch him play. Offensive line is a big staple. Northwestern is very good when they can get a good push up front. You look back, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, uh, J uh, Justin Jackson as the, you know, becomes the highest rusher in Northwestern history, posted 10 win seasons. This is where Northwestern 
needs to get back to. And I think that they're able to. Now, Purdue has gotten better. I believe that Nebraska is a little bit better. Uh, you look at uh, Minnesota trending in the right direction. Illinois is kind of a little bit frisky. This is a team that you want to keep an eye on because you do not want to be tra- traveling to Evanston, Illinois in mid to late October into November because they are going to beat you up. They prove it year in and year out. They are a model of consistency. Uh, another one that I really want to highlight is Bryce Gallagher. He's a linebacker junior. Where's number 32? Again, on this side, I'm highlighting a lot of linebackers, like I said, in the Illinois, because of the Wisconsin rush game, because of the Iowa, you know, their their multiple packages with multiple three tight ends, you know, fullback, uh, tailback, all of these things. It is ground and pound on this side. And yes, the defensive line is important, but that second, that second uh, line, right, the linebackers, they are the ones that are going to have to make the plays, make the stops, fill the holes, fill the gaps in order to get wins. As I look across Northwestern's schedule, again, like we talked in Illinois, it's going to be right out of the gate. Northwestern on uh, on the road, it's a neutral site game, against Nebraska in Dublin. They're playing outside of the United States. It's on August 27th. Super excited to watch the game. But we will know right out of the gate where this Northwestern team is. If they can come out and they can punch Nebraska in the face, move the ball all over on them like Nebraska did to them last year, a loss 7-56, right? If they can do that and you can see a win right out of the gate, I think that sets the tone. If not, it's going to be you're you're going to have to rely on a couple of upsets. I think you get wins over Duke and Southern Illinois, Miami, Ohio. Uh, but if you're four and zero again going into a week like Penn State, you're riding high. You just uh, we want to stay five and zero. Yes, it's on the road, but you can win. Uh, you can steal a game or two. The game that I really want to highlight, though, I love the Nebraska game right out of the gate. And it's the October twenty second game on the road against Maryland. If you are five and zero. Four or four and zero right out of the gate, and you you know, you lose one. We'll say you drop one to Wisconsin. You have one or two losses going into that game. You're looking at it. That's your fifth win. You only need one more. You pick one up against Illinois. You pick one up against a Purdue. You pick one up against a Minnesota. You can do those things. That is where Northwestern is going to thrive. But they've got to beat those mid tier uh, Big Ten teams like a Maryland. They have to beat Illinois. You can't let a, a pesky fighting Illini team sneak up on you. And uh, and then you've got to come out of the gate swinging and beat down Nebraska. Nebraska is going through another big metamorphosis. You know, Scott Frost might be a little bit more on the hot seat. So you're looking at those wins. Can we kind of stick it to them right now? Can we get the win in Ireland? You have a week, you have a bye week after, and then you're playing Duke, which Duke is very far far down after uh, Coach Cutcliffe is gone. So you're going, I, I would guess that you win that game. So don't overlook them. Play well. Excited to watch the Northwestern Wildcats. It was odd not having them in bowl season last year, I think that they get back to a bowl. I have them right at that six and six mark. So if it's what if you make one misstep or you have one, uh, you know, mistake or whatever, it could cost you a trip to a bowl game, and I don't want to see that. Now they haven't been; to, they they always bounce back right after uh, they're down. 2013, 2014, they're both five and seven. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that Coach Pat Fitzgerald is a phenomenal coach, and I think he gets them over that uh, five hundred to that. 500 mark and I think they're going to be one of those teams that you don't want to be playing in bowl season because they are just that good. Your 2022 Northwestern Wildcats. After the Wildcats of Northwestern, we are moving quickly over to the Purdue Boilermakers. And this is one of my 
uh, favorite teams to watch. And one of the reasons is because I absolutely love the head coach, Jeff Brom. I followed him when he was at Western Kentucky. He did a phenomenal uh, job there, and I've been able to follow him as he gets to Purdue. And one of the things that really stands out to me is that the guy before, uh, I believe it was Coach Hazel, right, or Hazel, uh, in 2013 through 2016, the highest win total that they had was three wins. Coach Brom gets here, 2017, gets that seven wins, uh, gets to a bowl game, comes out swinging, right? 2018, great season. 2019, 2020, uh, tough seasons. 2019 for sure. 2020 was a, a completely different set of circumstances, but it gets back to being, uh, you know, back into the bowl contention, 9-4. And 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 honestly, one of the biggest wins that I've seen, absolute beatdown on the road against Iowa, 24-7. They were actually underdogs, plus 11. They were able to cover the spread and get the upset against number two, Iowa. Purdue is good this year. And one of the things that I really like coming out of Purdue is their offense. They bring back a lot on offense. They bring back quite a bit on defense as well. This is going to be a pesky, pesky team. And honestly, they could be fighting for the West crown. I think Everyone at the top of the West is about the same. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that uh, there, there's kind of a gap. We can kind of see a little bit of a gap from, you know, the coming up teams like Northwestern, Illinois, and Nebraska's got to be in that mix to the top four and who is going to be duking it out. Now, it's tough uh, because you still got little brother, big brother aspect. Iowa and Wisconsin have been to the Big Ten Championship so much, but Purdue, this could be the year that they break through. When I'm looking at their schedule, yeah, they pull Penn State right out of the gate. That's going to be tough. Now, you do get them at home, but that is going to be a very tough draw. It is a Thursday night, first game of the season, but that means that it's Penn State's first game. Very interested to watch that game. You're on the road against Minnesota a few weeks later on October 1st, a month later, right? Tough game on the road against Minnesota. Minnesota, and then you have to you pull at Wisconsin. However, you get Iowa at home. You get Nebraska at home. These are the kind of games that you're going to have to win if you're Purdue to get over that hump and into the Big Ten Championship. Now, non-conference games, Indiana State at Syracuse, FAU, I think those are all very winnable games. The Syracuse game is interesting because it's in the Dome. Uh, I, I do find that kind of a, a particularly interesting game. I'll definitely be tuning in to watch that, but I want to see what the Boilermakers are made of. First off, players that you want to highlight that I that I really like, Aiden O'Connell. He's the quarterback. After a while of having uh, you know some inconsistency at quarterback, I think he's kind of risen to the top. He wears number sixteen. He is the senior leader on that side. And then on the defensive side, you got Branson Dean. He's a D tackle. He's a junior. Wears number fifty eight, and he is an absolute monster. I do accept, expect him to have a very big season. Uh, he's one of the few that I'm like, we've got to find these you know, diamonds in the rough. I really think that he is going to be one you want to watch. Again, number 58. Last year, records uh, 14 solo tackles, right? He records 12 assisted tackles, 26 total. He had 9.5 uh, tackles for loss, yards 34 total. Ends up with four sacks uh, on his own solo sacks. Definitely an eye to keep, someone to keep an eye on. I think that he's going to be right there uh, on the defensive line, and I think that again, uh, the defensive line, you're going to be in the trenches. It's very difficult. You're going up against the same guy 
every single down. You've got to be able to get to the quarterback. You've got to be able to fill to fill the holes where the linebackers can then make the reads, where the where you know the timing with the wide receivers, the cornerbacks can make the breakups. I think it all starts on the defensive line with Purdue. If you get that initial push, if you can get those uh, initial wins on the offensive and deep, from the from the defensive line, I think that you are a phenomenal team. Now, this is a bit ambitious. I do have Purdue at eight and three or nine and three. I apologize. Nine and three. This is a very, very big goal for them. I do think it is possible for them to get there. Now they went eight and four last year. I think that they are good, if not better than last year's uh, nine and four record. And I think that they are going to be in contention for that Big Ten West. Now, I don't know if they're quite as good as Iowa or quite as good as Wisconsin and Minnesota. I think they're, you know, you're, you're, you're drawing straws there, but, but definitely watch out for Purdue. I think they're going to be a team that people don't really take seriously. And then by the end of the season, you're going to be like, this team has been in the top 25 the last five, six, seven weeks. Why are they doing so well? I'm telling you right now, preseason, watch out for the Boilermakers. Have them at 9-3. and three. After the Boilermakers, we are moving along to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Now, I know that Nebraska has been beaten up a lot in the media, so I want to talk about the good things with Nebraska. Scott Frost entering his fifth year, right? And I don't think it's been been certainly less than ideal uh, stint. Obviously, you know, they filed, fired Mike Riley pretty quick after he posts a 4-8 and eight record. They've been incredibly patient with Frost. Uh, his his tenure here, 4-8, and 5-7, 3-5, 3-9. 2020, I'm going to give you a break. That's tough. Last year, I think every Cornhusker fan can admit last year was bad with losses to Illinois losses to Purdue Minnesota Wisconsin Ohio State these are teams that Nebraska should be beating Nebraska should be perennial perennially good every single year fighting with Iowa and Wisconsin on this side of the conference to get into the Big Ten Championship and Scott Frost it's to be frank he's under delivered on this side of the ball now Nebraska is going through another metamorphosis, but they've got what I would say good bones. I think their offensive line is going to be good. They've got some senior leaders with some young guns in there, some young pups, right, that I think are going to be impressive. On the defensive side, they lost a lot. But when you get a couple of transfers, you get a couple of of recruits that you're excited about, I really think that Nebraska is going to be one of those teams. Again, we've got to keep an eye on. Uh, I think that the Big Ten is stacked across the board. That's what's going to make Nebraska's job very difficult. However, you have a really pretty easy. You're going to get, I would say, two out of three wins in your non-conference games. You do pull Oklahoma, but you never know. You, you They're coming to Lincoln. It, the, the the atmosphere in Lincoln on a Saturday is, is, is near second to none. Absolute electric. The Sooners go in there. First, your coach, you're hoping that you can pull one over on him. Now, again, like with Northwestern, I said, right out of the gate, we're going to know. If they can handle Northwestern, I can see you know, who's at quarterback, who's going to be playing there. How does it look? Does he have a command of the offense? That is something that I want to keep an eye on. What is the defense like? Are they giving up the big plays? Michigan, they gave up quite a bit of big plays, and that ended up hurting them in the long run. So I'll be watching defense. Are they giving up that deep ball? Are they allowing the receivers to run free? What are the quarterbacks doing? What is the philosophy on Nebraska? Nebraska's got to reinvent itself. They've got to find itself. But I think you beat North Dakota, you meet Georgia Southern, and then you're on to Oklahoma. So ideally, you're 3-1. and one. Well, ideally 4-0. and oh. But if you're 3-1 and one going into that first bye week, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Again, then you pull 
Indiana, Rutgers, and Purdue. And I know I just talked about Purdue, but that is definitely three winnable games. You're Nebraska. You should be able to win those games. Coming back, you've got Illinois at home, Minnesota. Those are winnable games that you can get those wins. So there is a path for Nebraska to get back to a bowl game. However, I do not think that they will. I think that this team is going to be right there with Illinois, lockstep with Illinois, because that's where I see this program right now. And I think if Scott Frost can turn it around and he can get back to it he can can raise the standard they can win these games then i will believe in them i'm just i haven't been convinced that they're able to H- however there is a lot of good things to be looking forward to i absolutely love travis uh vocalek i believe is how you pronounce his name uh he's a big tight end again senior leader number 83 somebody you got to keep an eye on uh very good in the blocking game he can flare out catch the passes somebody that you want to be keeping an eye on and someone honestly i think that you'd be wanting to pick up on sunday into the nfl i think he's definitely a draft pick uh in this next year's draft i really like him and then on the 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 defensive side i do like the inside linebacker luke rayner uh i think he he's really really good as well he wears number 28 he has the second highest tackles coming back uh, in the Big Ten. He recorded 108 last season, nine per game. So he is all over the field. Someone that you want to keep an eye on. If you got young kids out there that want to be linebackers, want to play on the defensive side, heck, even if they're not good, they're not big enough to play the linebacker position. If they're more of a safety corner, you can see this guy, absolute headhunter. He can find the ball very, very quick, very dynamic. Again, you don't get that many tackles without knowing what you're doing down uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Again, Nebraska, I have you sitting at that five and seven. Can you make that jump? Can they make it? You're going to need a little bit of help. You're going to have to beat Oklahoma. You're going to have to beat the Indiana. You've got to beat Purdue. You cannot lose these games. Now, I don't I don't necessarily think that they do. It's more of the cynical part of me saying, well, I haven't seen it yet. But Nebraska's got to prove it to me. I think that this year is a big year that uh, they can do it. I think this is the best year since really 2019 that they can do it. It's yet to be seen. 5-7 and seven for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And we keep rolling along. Up next, the Minnesota Golden Gophers is a team that I want to be talking about. Now, I am going to be honest. I have always followed the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, I was in a mall one day. I was a little kid. Uh, I really liked this one Minnesota uh, monkey that I saw over in the corner at, at a sports shop. The, a guy actually went over, bought it for me. I didn't know. He tracked us down in the in the food court. He gave it to me. He sang the Minnesota Fight song. I thought it was phenomenal. Followed him ever since. I think I was four or five at the time. So I do have a soft spot for Minnesota. And maybe I have a little bit of Minnesota goggles as I as I go to explain this. And I really do like PJ Fleck. I've I've watched his stuff that he did on ESPN and I followed his career uh, since he was at Western Michigan. So maybe I have a little bit of a soft spot, but I absolutely love this team. If I had to put a bet that wasn't Wisconsin or Iowa to make the Big Ten championship uh, on the west side, I would say Minnesota. I actually think that there is a path forward this year. The only thing is, again, big brother, little brother mentality. Iowa and Wisconsin have been dominant since we've been able, since we've had the split of the conference, and so it's going to be definitely very difficult to do so, but I think that Minnesota can do it. Looking at what they're bringing back, they bring about, about half of the starters back, which is encouraging, and when you look at their schedule, probably 
uh, one of the easier non-conference, if not the easiest non-conference schedule in the Big Ten. You pull New Mexico State, Western Illinois, Colorado. I think they'll handle all three of those fairly easily. And then up, and then after Michigan State and Purdue, uh, they do have to pull. They pull Iowa, Wisconsin, both back to back at the end of the year. So ideally, you're hoping that you get a 500 game there. Uh, pull, you know, win one, lose one. If I mean, obviously, you want to win-win. But if you're a Minnesota fan, hey, if we win one, lose one, that is okay, because at least you know you hope that Iowa beats Wisconsin, Wisconsin beats us, and then you know we beat Iowa. So then it's a three-way tie, or you're hoping for something like that. Again, ideally undefeated season 12-0, everyone wants that, but that's kind of what you're hoping for. The only other game that I think that could be a big-time trap is uh, that October 22nd game against Penn State. It is in Happy Valley. You're coming off of a bye. I think you take care of Illinois, you know, in Champaign, Illinois. It's that next game against Penn State. And then you honestly, you play Rutgers, who is a pesky team. Not a great team, but a pesky team the week after. I think that that Penn State game is the epitome of a trap game. Are you going to be looking ahead uh, as you're kind of coming down the the, the mountain? They honestly, at that point in the season, could be undefeated. Uh, Going to Happy Valley, are you ready to, to live up to the national stage? Uh, that we, we've got to see it with Minnesota. Now, I think all of this is predicated on Tanner Morgan, the quarterback. He's a senior, number two. He was phenomenal. I mean, we're going to be honest with, if we're being honest about uh, you know his progression. In 2019, he throws for a school record 3,253 yards, right? Second team Big Ten. Everyone's talking about him in 2019. Then he kind of has had a regression, and he has. And, and and the question is, can he get back to 2019 form again? COVID's tough. And that that was very difficult. 2020, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, Minnesota only played seven games, uh, went three and four. That that's a tough season. I'm not going to fault you for the COVID year. I like to throw that out and think. I mean, it happened, but I'm not going to fault you on statistics there. But last year, definitely not up to the 2019 form. Can he get that back? I think he can. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal wide receiver or quarterback. I said wide receiver. He does have some explosive wide receivers though. You look like someone uh, like a Dylan Wright, uh, a Michael. Brown Stevens. These these kids are said to have big time breakout seasons at the wide receiver position. I think that they could be contending into a second or third team All Big Ten. And if they're really playing well, they could they could push first team. A couple of these kids, I really like him. And then on the defensive side, you look at uh, someone that I absolutely love is Trill Carr. I think he's going to be set for an absolute breakout season. He is a junior. Uh, last, I, I just see it. I think he's going to be that guy uh, on that defensive line. I think a lot of people uh, are going to be watching out for him. He is number one, at least right now, on the roster. Definitely be someone to keep an eye on. I believe he was 99 at one point, uh, but someone to keep an eye on up front. Again, just like when we talk about the defensive line, if you're able to win those individual battles, you know, week in and week out, game in, game out, can you do it if you are uh, Minnesota? That's going to be predicated on somebody like Trill Carter. I think he's really set for a big breakout season. Now we can see if uh, they can get back to a bowl game. I think that they will. I actually have Minnesota going nine and three. Again, they're going to be in contention for the Big Ten West. If they can beat Penn State, it could be possible that they are undefeated going into the Iowa Wisconsin games. And and really, you're going to have a one off game. You're like, hey, I'll take myself. Uh, I'll I'll put myself up against the best in the conference uh, week in week out. Definitely someone to keep an eye on. 
easy schedule as far as non-conference goes. Pull a couple of good ones out of the out of the other side of the conference. Of course, you've got your side of the conference. They've been they played well over the couple the last couple of years. Uh, so definitely watch out for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Got them at nine and three. Here we go. Two teams left to go. Excited to be talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes up next. Now, Iowa is the model of consistency. This team, Iowa Hawkeye fans, Big Ten fans, you know what you're going to be getting with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Consistency, consistency, consistency. And if you could do it again, consistency. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is an absolutely wonderful coach. He's been here for 24 years. Uh, considering that I was born in 1997, he has been there my entire life, basically outside of one year. Uh, he is the model of consistency here at Iowa. And it is always kind of a cliche to know that Iowa is going to be good year in and year out. There's been some down years with Iowa. They've had some years that they don't play as well. I'm talking about the 2012 season. But pretty much every year, you know that they're going to have really good tight ends they're going to have really really good linebackers they're going to have a solid run game and a quarterback that is able to uh, be a game manager uh, not going to rely super big on the plays but he's going to do what he has to do to win games and and, and really Iowa is in a unique and precarious situation this year because they do bring back a lot of starters seven on offense and seven on defense uh, that had started throughout the year Definitely a team to watch for going 10-4 and four last year. Uh, I would like to say that I have faith that uh, they're going to be going to the, the Big Ten Championship this year, but uh, I'm still undecided, really, uh, until we get into our actual uh, prediction podcast. I'm, I'm kind of releasing my, my predictions as far as wins and losses. But looking at this schedule, uh, a pretty normal Iowa schedule as far as non-conference. They're playing South Dakota State. Uh, South Dakota State is a good FCS team, so top-level FCS. We're talking mid-level Mountain West team if they were in the FBS. Then you have Iowa State. They've dominated Iowa State over the years. Don't uh, don't know if you really need to worry about that if you're an Iowa fan. And then uh, the, the final game is Nevada. Nevada's coach just left. Basically, their entire team left. They will mollywop them, if you want to be frank. And really, they're, they're starting. They really only have one difficult game uh, the first half of the season. Their season split six games by six games uh, with Michigan at home on October 1st. And then it kind of gets a little bit more difficult down the stretch. The one you're really going to be watching for is at Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota. That stretch of three is going to be very difficult. A couple people that I want you to keep an eye on this year. Uh, tight end Sam Laporta. He's number 84. Uh, pretty good uh, tight end. Exactly what I said uh, earlier is that Iowa is going to have good big tight ends. Last year, he had a really good season. I mean, he posted up on the Big Ten uh, top receiving uh yards per game. He was he was sitting around 47.9, um, had 53 receptions, 670 total yards, and uh, a few touchdowns. I believe it was three. We know what they're going to be. We know uh, what the what to be expected, I guess. With the Iowa Hawkeyes. We, we, we know what it is, and so that that's really what it is. Sam Laporta, definitely a, a guy to watch. Now the next one up, middle linebacker Jack Campbell. Again, another monster uh, in the middle. Like I said, tight ends, middle backers, kind of what Iowa's known for. Uh, Jack Campbell recorded uh, 143 tackles last year. Leaving tackler. And uh, you could you can make an argument, Big Ten uh, player, you know, early candidate of the year. Uh, definitely someone to be watching to get multiple trophies at the end of the year. Uh, I do like uh, Mr. Jack Campbell, and he is number 31. 
Now, all of you guys out there that are watching football, if you have young boys or if, if you're, uh, you know, playing football, uh, college, high school, little league, whatever it is, he is definitely someone that you're going to want to watch. Model your game after. Uh, he has really good vision into the backfield. Uh, he sees where the, the, the openings are. He can he really runs well downhill. Someone that it, you, you want on your team and you don't want to be going up against. Someone that you're going to be seeing for sure play on Sunday uh, if he decides to go pro at the end of this year or... Uh, at the end of his senior year. So, like I said, uh, Iowa typical. I have him going nine and three this year. Uh, like I said, on this side of the conference, it's very difficult. Uh, I think a lo- I think the margin between one and four is razor thin. Uh, the margin between four and five a little bit different, but one through four, you can make an argument. Uh, but I really think you got to watch out for Purdue. Uh, Purdue beat Iowa last year. Purdue beat them in twenty. Um, they did get them in 19, but then Purdue beat them in 18. Purdue also beat them in 17. So they're one and four in the last five years against Purdue. Uh, and so if you're Iowa, you kind of want to stop that trend. Uh, and so you're looking at it November 5th. That kind of is that start of that uh, pretty tough stretch. I mean, you got Ohio State followed by Northwestern, then at Purdue, and you're at Ohio State, sorry, uh, at Purdue, and then you go into the toughest stretch of the season, uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska. So Iowa, if you're healthy going into that, I think is good. Uh, you can definitely make a case uh, that Iowa's going to beat Michigan. I actually have them losing to Michigan at the very first of the year. Uh, you can make a case that they win uh, just because of of the, the strength of schedule around them. They're going to be focused on that. And also it is in Iowa City. So uh, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Uh, this next year, and those two studs, uh, Miss Laporta and Mr. Campbell, uh, people that we're going to be seeing play on Sunday. Not least on this podcast is the Wisconsin Badgers. That is the American Badger. Yeah, I know. You gotta love the Badgers. Kind of like Iowa. Very, very typical team uh, for Paul Chris and the Wisconsin Badgers. Last year was about what I expect. When you look back at their records, it's it's a, a, a mere image. 10 and 3, 11 and 3, 13 and 1, 8 and 5, 10 and 4, 4 and 3, 9 and 4. I mean, these guys, again, consistency is what is preached. And you can make an argument, hey, and, and maybe you guys tell me it's consistent because they really only have Wisconsin Iowa that are dominating that side of the conference. Every once in a while, Northwestern will sneak in there, but come on, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, what are you guys talking about? Of course they're consistent. You let me know what you, what you think about that, because I find it very interesting that these guys are in and out. Maybe it's just good recruiting, uh, good uh, senior management and in the athletic department. You tell me. I, I don't know, but in Madison, these guys, and in over in Iowa City that we just talked about, they are very consistent, and this year is about the same. Uh, non-conference schedule super easy. Illinois State, Washington State, New Mexico State, one of the easier ones on this side of the conference. And when you're looking at who they're pulling from the other side, on the road against Michigan State, uh, home against Maryland, and and so you're like, well, those are the two games we pull. Oh, and then at Ohio State. So you get three games from the other side, right? At Ohio State, that's a tough one. Uh, I think you beat Maryland and you end up, you know, Michigan State, that's a toss-up game on the road uh, in East Lansing. However, uh, I do like this Wisconsin team. Again, I think that they can be contending for the Big Ten title. Uh, as always, very, very vanilla year is what I'm going to say. I have them going 9-3. and three. Uh, I think they're going to have a very, very good run game. I think their defense is going to be stout like they always are. They're not going to give up the big plays and they're just going to play Wisconsin 
Wisconsin football. And they are fine, you know, going 15, 16, 17 plays to get down, score a touchdown or uh, score points, and then kick off. They want to let the air out of the ball. That is the way that Wisconsin plays. It's the way that I've always known them to play. Uh, whether you look back uh, prior to uh, Paul Chris with Gary Anderson and Brett Bielema, uh, very, very consistent team. Very interesting team, uh, but never the team that that has uh, you know got hit that next level as far as uh, you know national title contention. I'd love to see Wisconsin uh, get into the national title. They did lose to Ohio State. The best year they would have had would have been in 2017, where they lost to Ohio State 21 to 27 in the Big Ten title game, uh, and they end up going to the Orange Bowl, uh, beat Miami. Congratulations. That's kind of how it is. But uh, as I see the expansion of the college football playoff coming, uh, Super Conference is coming that's going to benefit teams like Wisconsin that are right on the precipice but never get in the playoffs themselves so, or, or or right there on the edge year in and year out uh, when I look at uh, the the kids coming back to, uh, to that I want to highlight when I look at the teams when I look at the the kids coming back to people that I really want to highlight the running back Braylon a- Allen uh, he is uh, number zero is what I have here I don't know if he's he's since switched it or uh, or whatnot but he is a running back sophomore we know that Wisconsin's known for their uh, their running game Jonathan Taylor Monty Ball I remember watching Monty Ball uh, growing up but Jonathan Taylor you're watching him on Sunday absolute set a lot of people picking him first in the fantasy drafts uh, myself I actually have him on one of my team, so I'm glad that I have him. Uh, But Braylon Allen really is a good running back, someone that you're going to be wanting to pay attention to in a very pass-heavy society that we're living in. Uh, When you're looking at like the rushing people coming back, uh, Trey Potts out of Minnesota is, and Braylon Allen is number two. Uh, He averaged 105.7 yards per game last year, rushed for 12.68 and 12 touchdowns. So he had a lot, a lot of touchdowns. Um, Only Trayvon Henderson from Ohio State had more touchdowns. Uh, Allen had 12 and uh, Henderson had 15 last season. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, I think when you're looking at the schedule for the most part, uh, that that game against Ohio State in in the shoe is going to be very difficult. Uh, if I'm Wisconsin, I'm a little nervous about that one. However, you play New Mexico State the week before, so you should be healthy, should be rocking and rolling by that point. And then uh, I think that Michigan State game can also be a trap game. You got Illinois and West was Northwestern before, and then you're on the road in East Lansing, uh, and you're kind of uh, hoping to get that bye week. You've played a few games. Uh, that that Michigan State game could be tough. And then you, of course, you have uh, the stretch kind of down. What we were talking about with Iowa, you kind of have a tough stretch with I- at Iowa, at Nebraska, home against Minnesota to finish off the season. Uh, I think that Wisconsin. Obviously, a lot of people are picking them to win this side of the conference. I think it's a great pick. I have. I'm going nine and three uh, this year, and like I said, I, I the, the difference between them and Iowa is is a coin flip. The difference between Iowa and and Minnesota, in my opinion, is a coin flip. The difference between Minnesota and uh, and a team like Purdue, coin flip. Purdue and Nebraska, coin flip. I mean, there's a lot. It, it, there's not a big gap, in my opinion, on this side of the conference uh, like the other side of the conference is. So definitely be watching out for the Wisconsin Badgers this year. Again, very typical. Uh, I think Badger fans are going to be happy uh, because they love being consistent. I would rather uh, have consistency, get into bowl games, than going 4-8 and eight, year in and year out. So that is your 2022 Wisconsin Badger preview. Woo! 
Ooh-wee, that was a lot of fun with the Big Ten West as we wrap up with the Wisconsin Badgers, right? Uh, very happy to go through all of these teams with you guys today. Uh, let me know. Reach out on social. Reach out on, through uh, whatever you need, any means necessary to talk to us about. And let me know what we missed. If there were uh, individual players, if you think uh, there might be a different trap game for your individual team, those kinds of things, let me know. I want to know because I chose just two players. Football is a team sport. We're going to get, there's 11 players out there at a given time. Obviously, I'm going to gloss over some. So let me know if you think I was right or wrong on those impact players and the trap games as well. I am very excited to watch the Big Ten West this year. Like I've said multiple times, I think the difference between one through four or five is inches, not miles. Uh, I think that Wisconsin and uh, Iowa are kind of the head of the pack, but I would not put, it would not surprise me if Nebraska Purdue or Minnesota ends up pulling a couple of quick ones over on the big dogs. This side of the conference is very fun to watch and like I said, every single week we will be doing a preview and a recap of the games and what to look forward to going forward. I am very hopeful to see these teams excel and I cannot wait. I mean, we are so close to football season. You can kind of smell it in the air. Day's not nearly as long, kind of a little bit darker. At least where I'm sitting, it gets a little bit darker and that smell in the air, the aroma of fall is hitting me. It's an intoxicating smell. I cannot wait to have football season start, and specifically Big Ten football season. Uh, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast, to this podcast, so you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. Next up, we will have the Big Ten East preview, and then uh, after that, we will be previewing week zero slash week one, doing a little bit of a, a double thing there. Cannot wait. Continue to support. Reach out to us through socials, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week.